It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Andy Matfield from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Talking baseball in Minnesota, Bernie Allen and Molotov. Krellick had a no hit game. Kirby Puckett, what a shame. Heisel Herbie G Man had their day. We love to watch him play. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Talking Twins. As always, myself, Bradley Swanson, and Daryl Yates, we appreciate you joining us for another episode of Talking Some Twins Baseball right here in Talking Twins. Remember, you can find us on the Internet, of course. That is at www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. Facebook, we're there as well. Look for the Talking Twins page. And then also check us out on Twitter. The handle is at Talking Twins. So with that, we've got some good stuff to talk about this episode. We're going to kick off the first Down on the Farm segment for the 2017 season as now our, our four major minor league affiliates are you know in full swing of things. We're definitely going to highlight our stars of the week in Down on the Farm. And then we've got some topics to talk about as well in the second half of the show in the In the Dugout segment. Uh, we'll talk some pitching. We'll talk some you know the starts of the Twins 2017 season and a whole lot more. So with that, I'm going to Bring Daryl in here. Daryl, it's, you know, it's been fun so far. I mean, interesting start for the Twins. I've been playing some 500 baseball, which, you know, you you got to like that. I mean, you look at the last four years. I mean, you look at last year, it took nine games to get a win. So, I mean, have to like the fact that at least the club's playing respectable baseball right now, and the whole division is playing basically 500 baseball right now. You've got five teams bunched in the Central at, you know, within a game, a game and a half of each other. So, I mean, you, you got to like where it's at right now if you're a fan, you know, from that standpoint, I, I would have to say. Absolutely, Brad. And, you know, last year was just, I, I don't know, I think you were talking me off the ledge a couple different times because when you go 0 for 9, it, it, there's not a whole lot of help right there in the first couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> you know, but at least, you know, they, uh, you know, hey, right. they had a four-game winning streak to get it started, and now we're 7-7, seven and seven, and we're going to be talking about in Twins Chat uh, the good and bad that we're seeing, but I, I'm really impressed with a lot of the hitting and a lot of the pitching. You know, there's a couple of things that obviously we want to see improve, and I'm really excited to talk about some of these minor leaguers, though, that are going to be coming up soon. Uh, some coming up soon, some, you know, in the near future, some, you know, maybe a year away, but it's in full swing, Brad, and it makes me excited. Well, and I might have talked myself off the ledge a little bit too after talking you off the ledge. So it was it was it was a rough. <laughs> well, season. you go zero nine. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the one good thing, Brad, is that you know, come June, we got a lot to talk about with that first overall pick, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And I will say, I think we both uh, one of our one of our fellow listeners who listens to the show a lot is a big fan of Talking Twins. I think we both talked Timothy Randolph the ledge at least once or twice, maybe even a handful of times. I was afraid he was going to take one jump at the Metropolitan Club at Target Field. There, you're was... talking once or twice during the off season <laughs> or per month. Because... I think per month during the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because we just did it this weekend again. Yeah, so... I know. <laughs> so he'll listen to the show and he'll he'll get a chuckle out of that. But with that, we we're going to take it down on the farm and we're going to start a course as we always do. We work it from low to high. The Cedar Rapids Colonels, our friends down there in, in Cedar Rapids. We love Tommy Watson now. Tommy Watkins, excuse me, now running that, that Colonels uh, team down there. It's um, There's some good talent down there again. And this week I've got a guy that's playing some good shortstop down there in Jermaine Palacios. And, my goodness, in 11 games so far as a Colonel in, in the 2017 season, it's looking nice. You know, Jermaine's hitting 356 with a, 
356-420-400 slash line, 10 runs scored in those 11 games, a triple, two RBIs, and a couple of stolen bases, playing some pretty good glove work down there as well at, at defense. And, boy, it's – I mean, and everybody's – you know, Nick Gordon, and I'm not saying we're ready to talk about Jermaine as being, you know – you know the the next shortstop of the future, but it is nice to see that they are they are putting guys up in waves. You got you know we'll talk about Polanco when we get to the in the dugout segment from the major league level, but it's nice to see that you got them looking at okay Nick Gordon at Double A and how that's going to you know play out, and then you've got Palacios and you've still got guys in the organization like Engel Bielma. It's nice to see that they've got a a, a fair amount of middle infield prospects that it looks like they're going to be set for a few years as these guys kind of rotate and make their way up, that they're not going to be dry at the well at, you know, shortstop slash second base. And that's that's a nice thing to see with Palacios. No, and I agree 100%. I'm glad you mentioned him. He was a he's a high-quality candidate to be uh, the player of the of the week for, for Cedar Rapids. And you're, you're absolutely right, Brad. I mean, you've got a lot of guys up there in high A and double A that are ready to, you know, kind of make it into that next level, whether it's, you know, heading into double A or maybe triple A or even, you know, up right, right up to the majors. Uh, and he is one of them where he's, he's a glove first type guy that you just mentioned, but he's, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. And the guy I got is Travis Blackenhorn. Now he doesn't, he doesn't play the middle infield. He plays a corner. He's, he's a third base. He can do outfield. But the 20-year-old was selected in the third round out of 2015 uh, draft. Now, he's currently hitting, in the last 10 games, 333. You know, three bombs, a couple doubles, a triple, nine ribbies, and seven runs scored. Now, if he continues, because he can play multiple positions. You know, he can play third. He can play. You can use him as DH if need be. Uh, He can play any corner outfield. He's that athletic. And if he continues to hit the way he is, the seventh-ranked prospect for the Twins is going to be in Fort Myers sooner rather than later. And I'm guessing probably around uh, July in, in the midseason. I'd say that's a very fair assessment of when he's going to get there. And you know, there's there's a lot to like about Travis, and he's starting to look like he is going to be that that you know third base prospect of the future. And I mean, when you've got Miguel Sano, it. It, you might be moving, you know, to another position, but you know what? He's also he can play some corner outfield, and that's that's always needed as well. That you, that you know, versatility is a good thing as well. So no, I know I like Travis a lot, and I agree with you. I'd I'd say by that that midpoint of the year, you're probably going to see him if all things work right, uh, move up to to be a, wearing that miracle uniform. As we talk about the miracle, um, we're going to jump up to Fort Myers, high A level, and my guy this week down there is is Lachlan Wells. And boy, I mean, you're starting love to, him. Yeah, you're really starting to see what what the Twins saw when they drafted this guy. When you look at the record, you go, well, he's one and one to start the season." Okay, yeah. Well, look at the one and one, and look at the fact that he's had 14 innings pitched with a 0.64 ERA, a 0.86 WHIP, and then let me give you the strikeout to walk ratio that Lachlan's got going down there right now: 17 to one. This yeah. is, I mean, this is right now, he, he's dominating. The only reason he got a loss is because he didn't get any offense to help him out in the game that he lost. This, he's going to have that. He's going to have that this year, Brad. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's that's And that's why, as we've always talked about many, many times. We don't care about wins. We don't look at wins and losses with these guys. We look at those other numbers. We look at the whip. We look at the strikeout-to-walk ratio, which is huge. You look at are they getting the innings. You know, but, you know those numbers are, are bigger to us because we're looking at, for example, whip. We're looking at how many runners are they putting on base. We're looking at that, you know, the ERA. I mean, how many runs are they letting? Obviously, you know, earn run score. We're looking at that strikeout to walk ratio. Are these guys, you know, getting too deep into pitch counts and not pitching innings? And that's why we mentioned also looking at the innings. You know, that's two starts. He's averaging seven innings a game. If if he does that consistently, boy, that's a guy you want in your in your rotation as you move him up to the minor, you know, through the minor league ranks because that's that's what you're asking. I mean, look what they ask in the major leagues nowadays: six innings and under three three runs or less. Quality start. You get a QS now. They actually keep track of that stat. I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, it's that's what it is nowadays. It's six innings because you have bullpens that that take care of the rest. So if you got a guy averaging seven innings at a start and giving up less than just a little over a half a run a game and not even putting one guy on a base per inning, that's I mean, that's what you're asking your pitcher to do. I mean, so that's why Daryl and I keep always you know preaching. Don't just look at the win and loss record. 
Look at the deeper stats on a guy when you're looking at pitching in the minor leagues. And you know, for Daryl, you've got a you've got a pretty solid guy down there too in in, in four I do, but I wanted to just expand just real quick. I think Wells has a chance to be in double A this year. I do too. He has the it stuff. He has the it stuff. He was great in World Classic, if you remember. No, oh, yeah. Uh, he, he's very, very impressive. I think he has a solid I mean, chance. I, to... I'm really excited to see what he can do. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have that 100-mile-an-hour fastball, but he's got the it stuff. I'm really excited to see what he can do because I believe, personally, he'll hit Fort Myers, and he could be in, uh, in, in a Chattanooga uniform before the year's out i could see that as well i wouldn't i wouldn't have any problem you know with any argument with no. saying that as well my, my my guy for fort myers i went with my eduardo escobar guy is what i call him <laughs> and this is a jack of all trades and i love these guys because alex perez he's a 24 year old brad that was taken in a 23rd round 23rd round of the 15 draft so 23rd round of the 2015 draft. He's the ultra-utility player. Now, in the young season, only 14 games. Uh, he's already played. He's already had time at second, third, and outfield. And, oh, yeah, he can also play short. Since he debuted Brad in 2015, which is just a half a season then, he's only committed 11 errors between a half of 2015 all last year and where we're at right now. Solid. I mean, and again, that's even more impressive when you think about it. he's playing four positions. He's been just as impressive at the plate this year, hitting a very respectable 327 with three doubles, uh, a triple, and five RBI. Now, he owns just a 253 batting average in the short minor league career. So we'll have to really see what is, uh, you know, if his bat can continue to improve like it is right now. But based on what we've seen thus far this year, because he can play four different positions, if his back can improve and his age and maturity, I think that Alex Perez is definitely in a Chattanooga lookout uniform by July. I definitely like the versatile guys when you bring those guys into it. That's that's you know that's definitely a, it's always a plus. So Alex Perez, another. Another nice uh, uh, piece to our Down on the Farm segment this week. And with that, you know, Daryl mentions the lookouts. We're going to move up to Chattanooga. And for AA, I'm going to kick it off with a guy that's it's not necessarily the versatility, but it's obviously the number one draft pick. And for, you know, a very good reason a couple of years ago, Nick Gordon. Uh, and Gordon has been, has been solid so far to start the 2017 campaign in 11 games. Amazing. Yes, I mean, a 341, 400, 477 slash line. Three runs scored, a double, a triple, a homer, eight RBIs, a stolen base. Very, very good defense down there. I mean, from you know what's the reports have been coming, very good defense. And when you look at what those offensive numbers, that's what they've been looking for from Nick Gordon. That's what they've been wanting to see. They've been wanting to see that progression. It's starting to happen now. I know it's starting to get a lot of people within the the Twins organization excited. I mean, yeah, Polanco has again. We'll we'll talk about you know Jorge in, in the dugout because it keeps leading back to right now Jorge, but. Uh, Nick Gordon has looked pretty good, and you know this organization. You know, they spent a first-round draft pick for a reason. They believe that Nick Gordon still is, you know, the future shortstop. And now they're starting to get to see the, the dividends pay in at the level they want to see it at at Double A, at the level where you start to really look at, as we've talked about before, analyzing talent. And that's that's the nice thing to see him cashing in at that level. So with that, uh, my guy again, Nick Gordon, and that I'll flip it over to Daryl for his Chattanooga lookout star of the week. Well, and just real quick, Brad, I was just going to expound just a tiny little bit sure. on what you were saying about Nick is that, you know, we're talking about these middle infielders, and there is a middle infielder in Chattanooga that plays the same exact position. So they've been splitting time in Enigua Vilma. Is oh, that how you pronounce it? Enigua Vilma, yes, yes. Yes. And I was doing the math, and you look at their uh, statistical uh, categories on defense, and it's really, really close in their time spent in the minor leagues. But Nick Gordon not just has, like you were saying just now, has the defensive categories, but he also has the offensive categories, and that's what we want to see. Uh, but it, it's exciting because, like you said, we got a lot of this middle infield talent that's coming up. But my guy here, I, I, went, I went pitching, and I went with Nick Birdie. And I went with Nick Birdie because – 
you know, last year he pitched like an inning or so, and then he was done. And I just, you know, yep, there's a handful of people I thought about, but you know, this is this is a guy that throws 98 to 101 miles an hour. We know that he's going to be a staple in the Twins bullpen. You mentioned earlier, Brad, that you know a Twins pitcher only has to get to six innings because then your bullpen comes in and takes care of the rest. And he's going to be one of those guys. And I think everybody knows it. You got the likes of Shagwa. You got the likes of Jake Reed. You got Birdie. Uh, and Birdie, and he hasn't given up a run yet. Uh, you know, in you know, actually, he's only allowed three hits in just the four appearances, but he struck out seven. He did give up one free pass, but he's got a zero ERA. And in my opinion, you know, as soon as uh, you know he pitches a few more innings, he's going to be, in, in, assuming that it stays the same, a few more innings, a few more games pitched. He's going to be in AAA, and he'll be one of the because this is one of the guys that the former brass picked in the second round. So he'll be one of those guys that okay once Falvey and Levine see him enough, and because he didn't pitch well, well, it was such it was a inning or two. So as soon as he gets a few innings under his belt, he'll be in. Triple A, and he'll be one of those flamethrowers that everybody wants to see in a big league uniform. And I guarantee, if he keeps it up this year, because he's injury free, fully healthy, he's gonna be in a in a big league uniform this year. He he's definitely one of the most interesting um, arms in terms of bullpen arms that they that they have in their organization right now. In terms of what you're gonna see, like in the next you know year or so from him. He's definitely and I was honestly surprised that they started. I'm, well, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised that they started him in Chattanooga Double A, but he did miss most, you know, ninety nine percent of last year. So I get it. Let's let's keep him down there. But he is just on fire right now. And you gotta love it. I mean, you gotta love it. I mean, it's... that's what we want to see out of that guy because he would. You know, I think the Twins brass a couple years ago, well, a year and a half ago, thought he should have already been up there. He had a couple setbacks. Now he's hit a stride and he's ready to go. It looks like. And with that, that means we'll come up to to double A or triple A, excuse me, to wrap things up at the the Rochester Red Wings. And with that, I've got Daniel Polka, who uh, has been a, a solid, solid run producer down there. And you know the Twins liked him. They liked him. You know what, what he showed in spring training. They they like what he's showing down there right now, going into his his twelfth game, which is you know including this evening Wednesday. Uh, hitting 326 with 11 runs scored, a, a, a double, five homers, 13 RBI. I mean, I mean, just really, you know, you know, tattooing the baseball. They they like what he brings to him as a as a corner outfielder. He's got a decent arm. I mean, he's not you know the fastest guy in the world, but in the world, but that's not going to be you know his game. But he's got a solid arm. He can make you know make the good throws from you know it'd be or for example you know left right. Plays playing left tonight, for example, but the bat has just been, you know, rock solid. That's what they liked this spring. That's what's still showing up right now. He's he's you know just hammering AAA pitching, and that's why to me, buying away, you know, Daniel Palka was the was the star of the week. So Daryl, for our last star, I will flip it over to you. Well, and my mine uh, in AAA was Jose Barrios, the former top prospect for the Twins. You know, his last outing, uh, he. Allowed one earned run on four hits, six strikeouts over eight innings. He threw just 20 of his 84 pitches outside of the strike zone, which is really what we want to see because, you know, when he was called up last year, Brad, he had some problems uh, with that strike zone. He was walking a little too many. Uh, in two starts, he's yet to allow an earned run. He has 13 strikeouts to just one base on balls. So if I, you know, another couple starts, if he's doing this, depending on what our you know big league club is doing, he could see himself right back in a big league uniform. Oh, I mean that's definitely possible, and especially you know with looking at what's going right now. Not that they're going to remove Kyle Gibson necessarily from the rotation yet, but I mean you start to look at how you know everybody else in that rotation has pitched pretty well at the at the major league level. So I mean that would be the spot they'd have to look at things if there was a change that was going to be made. 
But I mean, definitely... unless, unless there's an injury, it's it, you right, have, right. We have a lot of question marks that we can talk about. Right. There's certainly, yeah. There's... What do you do with him if his command is there? Because he's shown it now over the last three and a half years that he can dominate minor league pit or batters. I think that really. So it's what do you do with them now? Well, I think that's really going to be played out for the for the Twins in the next you know two to I'd say two to three two to four weeks when you see what. Yeah, I get that. Yep. Yeah, and that and that'll and that'll, that that puts you at that forty game mark, and that's really where you know where your team is going to be. Yep, and that'll and that'll play itself out. So I mean, that's you know, so that will, so we'll you know, obviously we'll keep watching Barrios to see what he does. So as we wrap up down on the farm, uh, again our our stars are starting at Cedar Rapids. Travis Blankenhorn. Jermaine Palacios at Fort Myers. It is Alex Perez and Lachlan Wells at Chattanooga. It is Nick Birdie and Nick Gordon. It's the Nick week this week. And at uh, Rochester for the Red Wings, that's Jose Barrios and Daniel Palka. So that wraps up the Down on the Farm segment. But stick around because we'll take that short break. We'll come right back and we'll sit down in the dugout and we'll we'll have a seat on the bench and we'll we'll talk about some pro, uh, some things this week, including Tyler Duffy getting tips from Burt Blylevin. That's that's a little teaser we'll leave you with right there until after the break. Um, we'll also talk about the Twins' overall start to the 2017 season, what's been good about it, what's been not so good about it, and you know, and how that might portray into the rest of the season. We'll also talk about the improved starting pitching. That is one of the good things. And we'll, we'll chat a little bit more, too, so stick around. We will come back right after the break here on Talking Twins. This is Jason Douglas from Three Guys Talking. You're listening to Talking Twins on the 4D Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. We're back here on Talking Twins, and it is time now for the In the Dugout segment. Hope you guys liked our, our stars this week for Down on the Farm. You know, Give us our feedback by going out to TalkingTwinsBaseball.com or give us feedback on Facebook. Talking Twins is our page there. You can also drop us a quick note on Twitter, 140 characters or less, at Talking Twins, and tell us if you had somebody different you think should be uh, star of the week for down on the farm. So with that, well, we're going to drop down in the dugout and got a couple of good topics to to talk about this week. One that Daryl brought up that I thought was really good. We're going to lead off with, and that is you look at the twins this year so far. And I mean, pitching has been obviously a bright spot overall, you know, team ERA, when you look at where they are, you know, uh, third in the league in, in overall team ERA, that's that right there. That's a gigantic leap from where they were last year at this time. So that's, you know, that's a big thing. So we're going to, we're going to get a little heavy, into talking pitching, you know, tonight in the dugout. Um, so we'll talk about the improved starting pitching. Uh, we'll talk about the overall start to the season. And then also, though, an article that, that Daryl brought my way that I thought was, after reading it, was really, really good and really kind of highlighted, you know, somebody that's been very successful so far this season is Tyler Duffy. And the fact that Mike Berardino from the Pioneer Press wrote this article, which you can check out at TwinCities.com, by the way, Definitely go check out, you know, Mike and the, the good writing he does out there at TwinCities.com. But the fact that, you know, Duffy got a tip from from Burt Blylevin and, 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 you know, talking about, you know, last year he got hit by right-handed batters really, really bad. I mean, to a 6.43 ERA last year, he's moved – he's moving himself around on the pitching rubber now. So, he's you know, he's moving to the third base side of the pitching rubber, you know, so a little tighter – in on the righties, and then you know, and then throwing from that first base side against lefties. So, and and it's and it's worked, you know, very well for him so far, Daryl. I mean, we talked about this in our our pre-show meeting where you know he he's got his his season opening streak of scoreless innings now is eight and two thirds. And you mentioned the guy only Arizona D-backs right-hander Archie Bradley, who was once their number one pitching prospect in the overall D-backs organization, has worked more scoreless innings out of the bullpen so far this year. And Duffy talked about that Blylevin first made the suggestion last year, mid-August, when they were playing the Braves in the interleague series. And Duffy said at that time he didn't take it just because he was just trying to really just, you know, he was just, you know, so many things were going on. He was battling. He just, you know, really was, you know, he, he, he was, you know, too many things to concentrate on. He was just trying to, you know, keep a spot. And he said after this spring when he lost his, his starting spot to – um at Alberto Mieja, he said, oh, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and give you know what, what Blylevin's talking about a shot. And if you look at so far, he's faced 20 righties so far this year, holding them to a 053 batting average. One hit. One hit in 20 at-bats. Only one walk and four strikeouts. So you look at that on-base slugging percentage combined, 161. Last year, right-handers hit 335 off of him. 
the weighted on base average was 432 he, in the in the in the league he ranked dead last among 133 pitchers at at least 60 innings thrown and the next worst figure was 38 points lower so i mean you know and, and i'll i want you to come in here and talk about this cuz i mean obviously you know, I mean, and I'm not saying, you know, Blylevin's going to have a tip for everybody out there, but obviously this was something that, that Burt saw that's working for Duffy, and Duffy's been a, a, a big part of the bullpen this year. I mean, has he not? I mean... Well, you know, it, it, if if Blylevin has tips for guys, uh, we'll take them right now. I'm just throwing it out there. I think they should. I, th- I think all of our guys will take them. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you and, I, you and I spoke, Brad, about... What what we thought about Duffy and where he should be, and you remember he was a closer out in Rice, and he was one of a stud uh, closers at that. Now, yeah, he came in uh, in 2015, and he surprised everybody in those ten games, if I remember right. I believe it was ten games that he came in. Yes, yes. And he, he just he came in, he kind of helped saved saved us the season. That was that season where you know the Twins finished. Above 500, and you know they were almost in the playoffs. Uh, and then he kind of had a down season. And you're right, uh, we had Blylevin make some comments and see, and he made a suggestion last August. Uh, and it's 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 so it's what this one of the things I love about baseball: a, a couple of feet or you know a foot and a half. You know, stand on the left side of the mound when you're pitching to right-handed batters. You know, <laughs> don't change what you're doing with left, but for right, do this. And it's a matter of that. And he tried it during spring training, Duffy, that is. And it worked. It worked. And he has the second longest uh, scoreless streak for bullpen pitcher right now to who you just said, uh, our, our, you know, when you come to our, 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 Archie, Archie Bradley. Bradley. Yep. Uh, so, and, and I don't want... The Twins have changed this, and we talked about this before too, Brad. Is that you know we got some pitchers that are doing great, and we got some that are doing meh. Uh, and in my opinion, our pitching, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this in depth. It's not going to get any better than this. This is this is this is what we are, and it's great right now. It's looking great. It's not going to get it better. We're not a bunch of Cy Young. I think we're pitching way above and beyond what we are. But the bullpen is really stepping up, and a big reason is Tyler Duffy. He's really found his groove, and he can he can work in. And nowadays, and we talked about this a little bit, Brad, in Down the Farm, is that uh, a major league team, uh, you know, the pitcher only has to go six innings because a really good team is going to have three or four guys that'll come in and close out the game. You don't need a Mariano Rivera anymore to be that guy in the ninth because your best bullpen pitcher might pick the sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth. And right now, Duffy, along with Rogers, let's not forget about him, uh, but Duffy is pitching like he's the best pitcher in the bullpen. But you know that's And the, I don't care where he's pitching. And, and it's a good point that you mentioned Taylor Rogers though too, because I don't want to I don't want fans to sleep on him because Taylor Rogers has also pitched you know, really, really well out of the out of the bullpen for the Twins. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, as we lead into kind of our second topic, which is, you know, the, I mean, the improved pitching overall, I mean, the starting pitching, obviously, minus uh, what Kyle Gibson has went through, has definitely improved. Now, like what Daryl said is a good point. Irvin Santana's probably not going to be able to keep up this this breakneck pace. You if know. he is, he's going to be the greatest pitcher in the history right. of any. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be stuff that and he's, he's going to get the Cy Young. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 obviously it's realistically and not, we want it. <laughs> and we we want it, but we know that realistically the pace is going to have to 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 slide a little bit. But you like what you've seen out of Hector Santiago in a, in a couple of starts this season. Oh my God, I I I can honestly say I did not expect. You, what we're seeing right now out of Santiago. You, you, you like that a lot. You like what you've seen out of, out of Phil Hughes. You know, Mieja's first well, start. Except for his last start. Yeah. Well, right, yeah. Except, obviously, yeah. I mean, if you, look at, if you look at that 2.98, Brad, after 14 games, did you think that the Twins were going to have the third best ERA? It's not even the third anymore. It's the second now. Okay, okay. As, well, as there's of, been games played today. Yep, yep, as, as, right. of, so as of Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, yep. and the Twins didn't play. 
And the Dodgers. Eight, so you're saying they have the second best. The Dodgers are 2.94 per team ERA, and the Twins are at 2.98. And look at that payroll. I know. How much? How much? How much did the Dodgers have to pay to get that? A lot more than the Twins did. That's just exactly. But the way Irvin Santana's pitching, he's pitching like an ace. Oh, right? I, mean, I mean, he's pitching oh, phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, flat out right now, he is. He is. Pitching. I mean, he, he would yeah. win your Cy Young yes. right now today if it ended right now. He'd definitely be in the race no, it, for it. I it's mean, not. We've got a lot more starts ahead of us. Of course. But it's a, it's, a fun, it's a fun start to the season after last season where they started 0 for 9, and then they faced Anaheim and actually won some games. But they're all the 7 and 7, and a lot of it is because of the pitching, not just the bullpen with Tyler Duffy and Rodgers, uh, but also the likes of, well, Irvin Santana, who's 3-0, and who's got like an 0-4-1 ERA. Now, the... Santiago with a 1-4-7 ERA. I mean, they're pitching really, really well. The other number I like, too, that... that well, I mean, there's a couple of numbers, obviously, that have, that have caught my eye in looking at what this club is doing. Um, we're tied for first in batting average against in the major leagues with Cincinnati at a two eleven average against. So they're they're not getting hit a lot, even in in nights when they're not you know winning, you know. For the other than the the Tuesday night game against Cleveland, where they did get a little roughed up, most of their games it hasn't been that the pit, you know, the losses haven't been that the the pitching staff has imploded in any way. And most of those losses, it's been that they didn't get any offense to back up three runs or or two runs or you know maybe you know four runs once. So I mean, I like to see that that average against. What I also like is they lead the major leagues in WHIP. At one point oh four. Yes. So they're they're not putting. A, what's nice is they're not putting a lot of guys on base. Whether it's obviously they're not giving up a lot of hits when you're tied for the league lead in it with a two eleven average against. They're also not walking a lot of guys. And how you can tell that is well, and that that means and that just real quick, you, you just mentioned they're not walking a lot. They're second fewest walks allowed. That's actually um, no. Passes. As of as of tonight, now with the action that's played tonight. They are number one at 34 okay, walks one. No, Okay, great. Yep, the Yankees actually, the Yankees gave a walk up. So, or, okay. so they're, they're at 35 now. So the Twins actually lead the major leagues in, in, in uh, least number of Again, walks allowed. Games in, Understood. But you, really, you, you really don't know what's going to happen with your team until there's, in my estimation, it's 40 games in. But I'm just looking at the comparison still, of. So that's a good start, hell of a good start compared to last that, year. And that's what I'm looking at right now. I mean, if you're trying to rebuild fan excitement, I think the fans should at least. I'm not saying that the fans should start going out and like you know, you know, making investments. I don't buy that 20 season packet yet. Yeah, no, but you should at least be watching the club and knowing that if they play even, even within 75 percent of this realm going into the year, you know, and if they play even 75 percent of the baseball they are right now, they're at least going to be competitive. I'm not saying that they're going to go out and win 100 games or 95 games, but if they could, if if the staff could even play at the 75 percent level of what it's doing now. They could keep them in the realm to be a, a 500 ball club, and the way this yep. division's playing right now, I'm not saying that, and I'm not worried about you know what, whether it's playoffs or whether it's not. But how this division is playing right now, if you could play a 500 ball, you're at least going to be around for a while. You're you're, you're not going to be written off the page in until trades happen. And but you know what, if you're playing 500, and we're going to talk about that because we're going to talk about offense. But don't you think that, and we're going to talk about more of this in future conversations. Yes, but. Irvin Santana is going to – he's looking really appealing already to those high-end uh, teams that spend a lot of money, Brad. Oh, I I, I mean, definitely. <laughs> right? Definitely. I mean, without, I a, mean, without a shadow of a doubt. July, oh, boy, is he going to be a commodity. It just depends on where this club is at June or July exactly. because so – you're, you're right. You know, and I, I'm getting – Far ahead of myself. No, that's all. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a valid it's a valid point it, to bring up. It's a it's a realistic expectation. As much as I love Santana, and I I think I'd love to see him be a staple of this team for years to come. Let's be honest, we're we're a couple of years away from being highly competitive. No, but it's and it's a valid. He's paying lights out. It's a valid point but I to think bring up. Great, play lights out so he can get his big contract. For him and for the Twins, a lot of prospects. Yeah, I mean, it's totally a valid point to bring up. They're now they're obviously going to have to see. I mean, if they were like four games out of a wild card spot, 
I don't know that I'd be dealing, guys, because that's, you know, you have a chance to do something. But, I mean, yeah, if you're, I mean, you're getting into July and it's it's realistically that, you know, you're probably not going to make the playoffs, but it's still not a horrible team. Yeah, you're definitely going to want to, you know, pull a trigger and make a move or two just to, you know, A, you know, getting a guy, you know, getting a lot of prospects for a guy when a team would, you know, look at a guy. There's just, you know, it's it's early yet. But, yeah, that's, I mean, he's definitely going to be one of the guys on the radar. Obviously, Brian Dozier is still one of those guys on that Hank same radar. Santiago. If, if, if Santiago keeps pitching one. even, like, again, 75% of this level, yes, yeah, some team would, would definitely probably yeah, say. Yeah, he's not going to have the uh, cachet. As bigger as Big E, no, but Big E but would. He's got he's got less of a contract, and he's going to have some affordability to him. He's going to he's going to bring in some trades. And again, this is we're we're talking we're going to be talking about this in a month and a half. Oh go. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, just and I I want to see them do well, and I want to see the Twins exceed and pull a 2015 season where it forces them to maybe buy. Right, yeah. Instead of being sellers, be buyers. Exactly. You know. With our offense, which we're going to talk about next. Yeah, I was just going to say, so we talked about, we said we were talking about the good and the bad to start the season. Well, the good has obviously been the starting, the, the pitching overall. I mean, the yeah, starting we're, pitching. we're going to take that overall, the pitching. Yes. Except for a couple, you know, like Kyle Gibson. But overall, when you're looking at the overall. Overall, we're going to take that in a heartbeat, right? Now, yes. Now, unfortunately... The flip side of the coin is now. Here's the bad. Here's where the right. the shoe has to, you know, the scale has to, you know, average out. It shouldn't have to average out, but this is why it has been. This is and why. You know what? I'll start out, Brad, because I take blame why? for our show for talking about him so much. So I'll start oh, out and then okay. you can interject. Okay. okay. Because go ahead. I, I take blame because I thought the Twins did the smartest thing. I thought Houston were the biggest idiots. And maybe they're not. Maybe there's a franchise that is, well, maybe really smart. But right now, Bradley, my best friend, uh, <laughs> Byron Buxton, <laughs> who I love, and he's made some spectacular catches in the outfield this year, and he's healthy, is just 4 for, set, four, four for 47 in 14 games. In 47 plate appearances, he's got 23. 47 plate appearances, 23 strikeouts. That's rough. Which, to my math, and I that's not my strong suit, I believe is 49%. Uh, that's not good, Brad. That's not good at all. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's swinging too often. He's missing too often. And you are just as problematic is that when he does swing in those four hits, they're they're not solid contact. Our fact checker just uh, what the no- hell's going on? Our fact checker just notified me that you were way off on that strikeout percentage. It's it's forty eight point nine. Oh, <laughs> so, my no, bad. So I'm totally so, screwing up. Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew I had something off there. You know, Matt, I'm an English guy. No, 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 dude. Guy. I mean. 48.949 and it's a roundup. I mean, yeah, he, that's that's uh, that is god that's god awful. Is now I get it. You when when you when you have a defense that is can can be a solid. When you have Kepler, Rosario, and Buxton, right? When you have that when that's your outfield and their motto is the only thing that drops here is rain or however they word it. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. It's amazing, and I get it, because that's their year in double-A and triple-A together. Uh, you have Kepler hitting the ball. Great. We love him. That's great. Rosario, well, we're going to talk about that, but he needs to pick up his bad, bad average. But when you're the number two pick, Brad, I get it. You're you're saving a lot of runs. Yeah, but that that's not enough. That's that, that's how, the- Now, how long... How long do you do the Twins keep him? Because I mean, do they just keep him because he destroys minor league uh, pitching? This is Byron Buxton now. Do you keep him because he does that? Or I mean, when you're four for forty-seven with twenty-three strikeouts, twenty-three. I mean, he can't even bunt right. He's got one. Of his four hits, Brad, he's got one bunt. Here's here's one thing I'm I'm gonna say. Yeah, I just don't get it. Here's one thing I'm gonna say about this situation. I think this this season, 
is is going to be huge for him in terms of because remember this is not a Derek Falvey draft pick. This is not a Sad no, Levine. Right. So I think this year is going to be huge for him because I mean if he cannot, I mean one thing right now he cannot figure out plate recognition of a breaking ball at all. And by the time he figures he, it out, no, he's looking he's, way outmatched. And so I think this yeah. year is. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to go out and say that they're going to get rid of him this year or during this season because I don't, I, that won't happen. Right. But I think this year is going to be huge on what's going to happen for his future as a twin or as not a twin. I definitely think that because I look at if he continues to hit at this level, yes, the fielding is is awesome. It's great. Yes. I mean, it, you're it, Torrey Hunter esque. Yes. I mean, in terms of you know. In terms of his defense, you know, you're you're looking at, at an all pro defensive center fielder, but if the if that guy's only going to hit, you know, around a hundred, around a buck, that that's not going to cut it when that was a first round draft pick that was consistently touted, a second overall pick, and was touted over and over again as being a five tool player. Not well, even, he's got all those tools. You just can't see a couple of them because he doesn't get on base. Well, the the, the problem is I'm not even <laughs> talking. I'm not even talking the speed. I'm not even the two tools I'm talking about was the fact that they said this guy was going to hit for average, and he was well, even. That, and his hitting was his worst tool. But remember yeah, though, I mean, but remember we're gonna we're gonna do that. That well, was his worst tool. Well, hold on though, because remember this was the guy that they said that once he develops, he could be a, right. he a twenty. But they said he could be a twenty home run hitter. Um, right. If you can't, because he has the power, but right. he, his average was. But Daryl, gonna... if, if you can't make contact, you're never going to hit the ball to the point. No, no, I, mean. I agree. Dude, I, hey, I agree. I'm, I'm as frustrated as anybody, and that's why I wonder, Brad. And here's my question to you: You follow baseball as long as I have. We're both 43 years old, 42, 43. Uh, let's just say we're 39. I would. Um, so, how long do they keep him in the majors? Oh, I think he's. I think he's here. I mean, you keep him there for the defensive. Yeah, because here's the here's the thing that they've done to the Marty a couple of times. They've sent him back okay. down to Rochester, and he goes down there, and because that the oh awesome. well, the the quality of pitching isn't as good down there, so he goes down there and he hits 400, and then they and then they think, oh, okay, he's he's turning the corner, and then they bring him back up here. And now last year when they did that, it did work out. He had that month of September where. Well, okay. Now here's another thing, Brad. I read now this is something that they spoke about. Uh, on Patrick uh, Royce, the the, the, the the ride for Royce, yep, is that that last month? You don't if you're not if you're that, if you're gonna get the first I know. overall pick in I, June. I know you're not playing for anything. I was just gonna so say there's no. There's zero pressure on you, right? Well, there, there's two things. There's that, and also you have to look at what teams you were playing in September because if you're playing, well, they're, they're playing some good teams because he got he he played Chicago against Chris Sales. He got the inside the park home run, which is one. They played some okay teams, but I'm, but he was more relaxed and loose. But my point and is this: he though. wasn't playing for anything because he was. They were last. But my point is this: though you might be playing some okay teams, but if they're not in the actual playoff race, you might not be getting the same starters that you would be. Is if you were playing, let's say, in, let's say in September you had, you've got what seven well, series. I would say that your last week or so, but the last, but he played that a month and a half. No, I understand well, a month and a few games. And so I think that's why they're not going to send him back down because they've already done that a couple of times, and he goes right. down there, and he, and he, you know, I mean, he, he goes on fire when he's down Crush. there. But it's the the talent level is not the same down there. He's going to have to figure out how to. You know, handle recognizing pitchers up here. Well, and he did that. Remember, there was a whole leg kick. I understand. But was, that, I mean, there were so many different but, things that he did differently but last know, year when he went down there. A leg kick is just timing. A leg kick has nothing to do, yeah, you know. Agreed. And, agreed 100%. Whereas so right, is it a mental thing? Well, I mean, it's, Is it just purely a mental thing? I, I mean, I'd say a lot of it is because a lot of it is. I mean, when you got, when you got Grossman hitting 333. Yeah, a lot of it which, is. Which, by the way, we got to give credit. For one of the reasons that, you know, the twins are where they're at, right? Yeah, is Grossman hitting three thirty three? But is it? Let's, a, let's, we got to give credit to that while but, we're talking about. But that. asking is it a mental thing? Yeah, it, it definitely is because this. So is, you see, when you see that, and you start out, and you're uh, you're you're the cleanup guy. You're the number three guy. And you're a number five guy. Well, now you're the number nine guy, 
and you're getting benched every other game. Well, he never should have been the number. I I, I disagreed with him. I, I agree. Ever he hitting never three or have five? Been that. No, either absolutely. or, either or. I mean, he's not a run producer, and that's the five position. And, that, and I think that's a lot of. I don't think that's all uh, the the skipper. I think that's analytics coming in and saying based on uh, statistics and analytics, this is how we should have our lineup. Well, the lineup has changed. I would so many times I in would, the first fourteen games. I would disagree only to a point. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's not that it's not analytics, but at the end I'm of the day, it's not Molitor changing up every time. Well, no, but at the end of the day, that's that's his call. I mean, at the end of the day, but is it? Is yeah, it? it is. Yeah, it is. At the, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know but if it is bad. well, if and it, the only reason I see it is that I know he likes to change it up and he likes to mix things up, but. It looks a really, really strange. I don't think, Daryl, I don't think like for... A, it looks like a, uh, I'm looking at a uh, analytic lineup. Daryl, I don't think for a moment that, that Paul Molitor, though, is letting Derek fall to your... I don't think he has as much control as we think. I think he, he has to. Every, any manager should. It's 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 the manager's like job. He should, to... but not a manager like... A oh, man, manager that's just basically fighting for his career I right do. now. I do. I, I have to disagree because I don't think there's any way a guy that's played the game for 20 years is going to let a GM and a president, you know, tell him this is your start. I don't know. And I, and I don't think Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are calling lineups down to – I mean, Molitor was the one that liked him hitting third. Molitor was the one that said, oh, I think hitting, having him third and is – didn't work out. Well, no, but Molitor was the one that liked it. He said he liked it. He said that he thought that, that um, Buxton was an well, ambush he hitter. he said that in – in retrospect, but no, he said it. He said it while it was happening. He said it right while it was happening, and it didn't work at all. He probably went over for everything in a few strikeouts. But I'm saying I don't think Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are are telling Molitor. Here's where you know, hit Buxton. I'd like, like to know more about that one because I just don't think so. I, I don't I buy just, it. I just can't see him batting someone who can't hit his weight of his left leg. Uh, third. Well, no, but he thought he he thought he was going to change around. They thought honestly, they thought he was going to continue from what he did last September. They thought he was going to keep hitting and, like that. You know, and I can understand that because his spring training, he was actually on par with what he did last September. And that's what they thought was going to carry over. And, and if to okay, now it's actual real time. Understood. And he. But you can he, see, you can down. see Molitor's. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with it. I, I don't. I don't agree with it. But I'm saying I can see where Molitor thought this was gonna maybe work. Now I don't agree with it because I don't think he's number one. I think in in my if I'm a manager and, I, and I'm building a lineup, I think my three hitter has to be a very good average and contact hitter because that's a guy right. that's if he's that guy has to be able to do two things at that position. And the greatest three hitter I ever think that the Twins ever had. Is, is unfortunately no longer with us, and that's number thirty-four. I mean, Puck yes, was an is. unbelievable three-hitter because he hit for you know consistently for over three hundred every season. He was a run producer, would hit you over twenty homers consistently every year, and would drive in at seventy-five to one hundred runs at the three-hole. What? And obviously, you're not going to get Kirby Puckett every time you get a three-hitter because I mean, God, every manager would be blessed if that was the case. But you right. are at least looking for a guy in that spot that can either. You know, that's going to be an average hitter, and that can either be a... So run- let's go to the positive there, Brad. Well, let me, I just want to finish that. I, I want to finish that statement because oh, I yeah, want to... Because yep. you're looking for a guy in the three-hole that is either... That's going to hit for a decent average because you either want him to be a run producer if one and two get on, and if they don't or one of them do, you want three to then to continue to set the table so that when you're four and five guys like Sinal... You know, like you know, your your you know the other guys that are counted be you know power hitters. Whether that's you know down the road, you know, guys like you know Kepler. I mean, you know, not Dozier doesn't hit down there, so it's not going to be him. But maybe down the road, it's you know Byungho Park or you know Vargas or whoever your other you know big power bats are going to be down the line. That that three hole, if he's not producing runs, he's got to be at least setting the table so that the four and five guys can do it. Byron Buxton didn't show that he was consistent enough of an average hitter to set the table, and he sure as heck wasn't a run producer. So that to me, that just it never fit having him hit at three or five. I mean, for that matter, five's got to be a power run producer, and we haven't seen any of the the real you know power production from him yet. So to me, I just I never understood the three or the five. But let's move on to because I know you had mentioned Eddie Rosario as we start to 
to why well, Donovan's not Sorry, I wanted to go a little positive first, and like you were saying, you wanted to have someone solid in your three position, and you had mentioned uh, briefly Max Kepler, but uh, Jorge Polanco. Oh yeah, you and yes, I watched yes, together yes. with our wives. His first major league hit was a, a triple. Uh, you know, Polanco is third right now behind uh, Grossman and Kepler in batting average with a 292 batting average, uh, OBS of 352, and slugging 412, all increased from last season. And I attribute this to his uh, 5% uh, decrease to his strikeout percentage, which is great, and a 3.7 jump in his uh, walk percentage. Now, he's done everything right. He and And if you look at it, Brad, his defense has been phenomenal, which I got to be honest, I, I I didn't think his defense would be, now it's only 14 games in, but I didn't think his defense would be this sharp this early in the season, but yet he's only got one error, and he they, they're keeping him at shortstop. He's doing everything he needs to be, but he's playing solid defense, and we already know he can hit. So the 23-year-old is playing that left side phenomenal. Yeah, to this point, he's definitely, I mean, uh, I mean, everybody knew that, you know, offensively he had the skill set, you know, already to play at the major league level. He's been a good hitter when he's been up here. Mahler said that. They've, they've hated sending him down when they've had to because he's a solid bat. But he, he's shut all the naysayers' mouths with his defense so far. Yes, it is a short sample size. It is only 14 games. But still, to this point, he has he's looked comfortable at shortstop. He, he's made all the all the he's already made a variety of the plays, whether it's the you know deep throw in the hole, charging a baseball. Um, he's it, playing everything now. He, we can't really ga- gauge his range factor because you know it's so early in the season. It's you too can't early. take his it's too early. Put out the assist divided by his innings pitch. No, you can't. You just you no, have yet. to. You have to. But look. you know, so far you look at it, one error. That's pretty doggone good. What you have, and I think any Twins fan will take that right now. What you have to do is not look at the 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 range factor yet, because like you said, the numbers are too small to make that right. that sample set. But what you have to look at is look at the the type of plays that the the you know the various different plays a shortstop has to make, whether it's going to their their right to get a ball deep in the hole and be able to get that throw slow over to first, and he's got plenty of arm. Whether it's you know the the play charging a baseball. Well, look at the chemistry that him and Brian Dozier have had in turning double plays. Those are the things that you can look at right now and at least say, hey, there is there is some glimmer of hope here that this kid's figuring it out. He's, you know, you, like you said, you, the, the numbers, you can't start getting into UZR and all that stuff yet because it's way too early. Right, but it's you way can, too early. But you can look at the type of plays he's making as a middle infielder. And for somebody like myself that played it for, you know, over over a decade into that 15-year range, you can look at it and go, hey, the guy looks comfortable out there. He's building a good chemistry with the second baseman. There's there's a lot of things going right there that you can at least feel good about. Hey, there's the possibility here that this this kid is going to settle down and play shortstop. I mean, are you so, saying is he going to be Cal Ripken? No, I'm not saying that. But is he going to be? No, adequate? we don't know yet. But is he going to be adequate enough? Uh, that's that that book. It's right. sort of looking like that. But, and on down yeah. the farm, Brad, we talked. We spoke about a couple guys that are in that middle infield that's pretty deep. Well, they might be waiting a little while. So it, it, it makes a little, it makes a big question as what's going to happen in the future. And just, just to move us a little forward, you know, we, we spoke about the pitching and how it's uh, probably a little bit better than what we thought. And our batting, if you look at the Twins as a whole, Brad, uh, you know, the, they struck out 113 times, which is 14th most. So, you know, right in that middle category. Yep. Now they've been patient, and we've acknowledged this here right away. They're only, uh, you know, 62 based on balls, which is uh, second best. 58 runs with 13 best, or so again, right in that middle category, and a 240 batting average, right in that 15th spot. Now, if you look at, you know, we said that, you know, we got to give credit to Grossman. He's our one guy over 300, 333. Solid. Yep. Uh, Kepler at that 294 range. Again, one of our young guys that want to see goal. Uh, Polanco, we just got done speaking about with it, 292. You know, one, one of the guys, you know, we don't have Dozier stepping up yet. We don't have Baby Jesus, Joe Maurer stepping up yet. No. Uh, Buxton, we obviously know we don't have stepping up yet. You know, so we got some room to improve. 
And you still got Eddie Rosario, and that's another question mark because he's only hitting 217. He hasn't really uh, – he's solid defensively, but he's another one. We can't put it all on Buck. I mean, you know, he, we, we put it on Buck because he's that second overall pick in the draft. But, you know, he started out hot, but now he's only hitting 217. So, you know, he got this great solid defense – and I do want to say something about their defense, too, real quick there, bud. Because uh, cool. overall, their defense is a top three defense overall. They only have four errors uh, overall. And their overall defensive uh, average is is a top five defense. So so they're playing solid defense. They're, they're not making the mistakes they're not making the mental errors. They're pitching well. They're not scoring all the runs, and that's because of some of these uh, big prospects that we're waiting on. Are you know when when it, they they just can't seem to do it together, Brad? You know you got you got your big guy Sano that's hitting the home runs. He's getting the RBIs. Uh, you know as the games go on, he started you know with he was hitting over 300. Now he's at 250. Which is about what we thought that Sano would do. You know, you you want you got to have Bucks and hitting more than eighty five. You just do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you just do. But you got Kepler hitting in the two nineties. You got uh, Polanco hitting in the two nineties. But you need Rosario to hit more than two seventeen. You just do. They're all doing great defensively, though. You know, you're, they're going to have their errors. They're going to have a couple errors here or there. Uh, everybody knows on Monday, Max Kepler had a bad error in the outfield that cost a few runs, but it's good. That, that's going to happen. That's definitely going to happen, especially for a young outfielder or a young position player at all. But these guys need to hit consistently together. We still haven't seen Joe Maurer hit for average. We don't have uh, Dozier. He's got one home run plus a second that was in the park. So he's not hitting uh, high average yet. The the team's at 500, Brad, and honestly, I think they're a, I think they're a 400 team. Well, I think they're a 400 team, and I would because s- they're just not ready to take that step yet. I would say this too. Looking at that 500, I would say that if, if you if you look at what's happened so far, they've definitely overachieved on the pitching side of things. I mean, no, I mean again, nobody yes. thought you know that sand. I mean. Big E's a good starter, don't get me wrong. Big E's a great starter, But yep. nobody thought and that... Duffy's it, a good bullpen guy. But nobody thought that, you know, the starters would go out there, have this ERA that, you know... I, I, basically, what I want to say is, you know, looking at that 400, I would say uh, 450 to 500 club, but I think that they've overachieved on the pitching side of the baseball. They've underachieved on the hitting side of the baseball, and those two things eventually... I mean, unless this club just, you know, falls into a black hole, those two things are going to equal out a little bit. The, 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 the pitching is probably going to come back to earth a little bit. And on their side of the, of the coin, you know, some of those players will start to get going. Brian Dozier, I, I'm pretty confident that he will start to get going. You hope that Maurer, still being a pretty decent professional hitter, will start to get going. And you're sure. going gonna to hope that Rosario will as, as well. Buxton, that, that piece is still out there to be, you know, determined. But I think they've. That's what's happened. I think you've seen them overachieve on the on the. You know, if they can continue to overachieve at some level on the on the the pitching side of the baseball, and even just improve somewhat on the hitting side, hey, that's going to be. I mean, that's going to be gigantic. I think though that the the scales are going to kind of start to come back a little bit, and you know the the pitching achievement, you know, the overachieving on that pitching side is going to swing back down a little bit. But the hitters will start to, and which means that I don't see a lot of a swing and record change there. So I look at them right now. They're, they're a, a what one game over 500. No, they're, they're seven, 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 excuse me. So that's right. That's right. After last night. Yeah. So 500, even I, I see them right there in that four fifty to 500 range. I mean, that's where I, I, you know, I see them as a, you know, 78 win, you know, maybe 80 win, you know, right in that, in that ballpark, give or take a couple that could go, you know, you know, plus minus five, if you want to, you know, put the, you know, the, the plus minus on that, so I'd say, like, for me, 78 plus or minus 5. So, you know, it could be down to 73. It could be up to 80, you know, 83. I mean, it could, you know, swing either that that way depending on, 
you know, how the pitching and hitting goes for a full season. But that's that's my take on it. I mean, I don't know if, if your take differs from that at all, but that's that that's my take on it before we close it up. No, I think you're right because I think we only win uh, 72 to 75 games. So, okay, so yeah, right, you know, oh, it's about right. So, it's about right. So with that, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the uh, in the dugout segment here, and we're gonna that means we also have to wrap up another great edition of of Talking Twins. But as always, remember we are part of the the great uh, 4D Podcast Network. They do a lot of good stuff, so definitely check out everything that that the 4D Podcast Network does. Always remember you can find us on the internet at www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. Uh, of course, our Facebook page is Talking Twins, and give us a line on Twitter. The handle's at Talking Twins. So for Daryl Yates, I'm Bradley Swanson. We will chat with you guys two weeks from tonight. So it, until then, you know, keep watching those Twins, keep rooting. Let's hope that the pitching stays that way, and then the bats maybe start coming a little more alive, and we'll talk about a lot more wins, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk to you guys soon. Hang in there. Have fun and go Twins. Talking baseball in Minnesota. Bernie Allen and Molotov. Krellick had a no-hit game. Kirby Puckett, what a shame.